Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and uh, senior pastor of Truvine Baptist Church. It's my heart as we welcome you. I welcome you, and I praise God uh, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. A clap of praise, Truvine. If he is worthy, if he has done anything for you, if you know how good he is. Amen. It is an honor to stand before you all yet again. And I ask that you all join me in prayer. Amen. Amen. Blessed Father, we thank you yet again, Father God, for allowing us another day, Father God, to come to the house of worship, to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, we don't take this time lightly, Father. And we pray right now, Lord, that you are pleased with our worship, Father God, as we lift our voices to you, as we give our offerings to you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for everything that you have done, everything that you're going to do. But now, Lord, it's time for your word to be spoken, Lord. I recognize that I am merely a vessel, Father, so I humble myself before you, Father God. Use me for your glory, your honor, and your praise, Father God. Speak through me, Father God, to your people, Lord. And I'd ask that you would bless them, Father God, with the word that you have implanted in me, Father God, that they may grow thereby, Father God, that they may become better witnesses for you. And for that one, Father God, that doesn't know you in the parting of their sin, let today be the day that they say yes to Jesus, Father God. And Lord, we'd be careful to give you all praise, honor, and glory. It is in the blessed name of Jesus that we offer this prayer. Amen. 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 Before I begin, I just want to say thank you to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for calling me out of darkness and calling me to be a servant. I still marvel at that every day. I thank my pastor, my father in the ministry for the, another opportunity, my brothers for their support, this congregation, and most of all, that beautiful young lady over there looking real good. Amen. Our scripture is going to come from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. When you get there, please say amen. If you don't, as they all say, if you don't have it, say, hold on, preacher. Amen. Amen. And the word of the Lord reads, it is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know. God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for man to utter. Of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast except in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. And lest I should be exalted above measure, the abundance of revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. You may take your seats. 
We're going to tag this message this morning, this topic, no pain, no gain. Now, for context purposes, when I say pain, I'm talking about growing pain. No one likes pain. As we end 2022, we get ready to approach 2023, a new year, a new you. No doubt that many of you, like myself and many others outside this door, are going to start making those New Year's, resolu new Year's resolutions. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to go back to church. We start looking at our physical and our spiritual health. That starts out fine for a while, but somewhere along the line, it seems like we start missing that gym time. We stop going to the gym. We stop going to church. To go to church, to go to the gym, to be physically fit, you have to be disciplined. Everybody can't be like my brother Vic over here. If you look at Vic, Vic looked like he stay in the gym. But I understand that, though, brother. A couple of years ago, I was the same way. Now, I know I don't look like it right now. But a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, I was sick with it, two a days. Lunchtime, I'm in the gym hitting them weights. In the afternoon, I'm in there hitting the aerobics. At the end of the day, by the time I get home, I'm standing in the mirror and I'm looking at myself. I'm looking at all the glory, looking at how I look. I'm real vain about myself. I'm enjoying the work that I'm putting in. But it was all for nothing. It was all gloss, no substance. And in that, what I was doing, I was cheating. And what I say is cheating, they sell supplements and all of these things that you can buy in the store. It's legal. But what I was doing, I wasn't doing it the natural way. So I was ingesting things into my body that was going to cause harm later on. When we look at our physical fitness, we're real dedicated about that. We're, we're concerned about what we eat. We're concerned about you know, how, how we present ourselves. When we go to church, we go to church on Sunday. But we're in the gym Monday through Thursday. If you were like me, two a days, Monday through Thursday, Friday one day. Why was it only, only one time on Friday? Because I had to hit the club. Saturday, I rested. Sunday, I was in church. Now, I don't know about you all, okay? But if I just went to the gym on one day a week, I don't know if you would see results. If we go into church one day a week, I don't know if we're going to see results. The reason I bring this up is Paul's second letter addresses church turmoil and his detractors, those false apostles. And I find it rather funny because the passage just stood up here when he was giving those announcements and he was talking about those things. Here in chapter 12, Paul defends his apostleship by mention of his spiritual fitness. And if you read it just on the surface, you can't see it. So you have to dive into, into, the, into the text of the word. When you look at, uh, I'm going to give you three points today. One, a foundation on which to build. Two, spiritual fitness. And three, pain has its purpose. A foundation on which to build comes from verses 1 through 3. And it's interesting when Paul writes, I want you to pick up on three things, not three things, but one thing that Paul writes. He says, a man in Christ, God knows. Now, he said a whole lot, but he said a man in Christ, God knows. Paul is talking about himself. As Paul is talking about himself, he's talking to his distractors. The thing of it is, every last one of us has a past. Every last one of us has a past, and you have those people in your life that always want to come up to you, those folks from your past, they want to talk to you about yesteryear. They want to tell you about what you did, when you did it, how you did it, who you did it to, and why you did it, as if you weren't there like you don't know. But Paul said, 
a man in Christ. That's the foundation. In order to grow spiritually, you have to be in Christ. A number of people will tell you differently, but the word of Christ, this is a spiritual book. Its author is spiritual. In order to grow spiritual, you have to eat spiritual food. Am I right about it? Amen. Paul went from maleficent. Well, I'm sorry. My brother told me to stop using big words. Paul went from menace to missionary. When you think about Paul's life, when you think about Paul, Paul wanted to destroy the church. But it was in Acts chapter 9 that Paul ran up against the resurrected Jesus. The resurrected Jesus changed the apostle Paul's life. Paul became the greatest missionary of the New Testament to the point where he wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. Paul, the Lord began to work out issues in Paul's life. And if you go back to Acts in chapter 9, when Paul was slain on the road, when he was slain in spirit on the road to Damascus, Paul was blinded for three days. And he had to go see another brother who told who, who the Lord told he, I must show him how much he must suffer for my sake. Understand this, my brothers and sisters, for Christ's sake, we're going to suffer. We are going to suffer. We are going to go through some hardships. We are going to go through some hard times. We are going to go through some pain. God never promised us every day was going to be roses. He even said it in his word. In this world, you will have tribulations. But fear not, I have overcome the world. Amen? If you are in Christ, Paul writes in Philippians 1 and 6, he says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who, beget, who, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. A good work. You want to know what a good work is? Let's go back to Genesis chapter 1. God created the heavens and earth. He said it was good. God created man. He said it was But somewhere along the way, we fell off the wagon and we were no longer Amen. Amen. The only way we're going to get there is in Christ. Right now, for me, I have one of those things that I'm real. The word escapes me. Let me just tell you, when people turn around and you see people, they go, hey, how you doing? And they go blessed and highly favored. I, you know, I wonder, what does that mean? What does it mean to be highly favored? And the reason I ask that question is this. We know that God is no respecter of persons. So if you are young in your walk with Christ, or if you are a non-believer, and you are talking to someone, and someone says, blessed and highly favored, that would simply suggest to you that God favors me, then he favors the other children. Now, we know when you turn around and you get involved with the love of God, God has a way of making you feel like you are his favorite child. You can do no wrong. But he holds no favorites. Amen? That's a relative concept. And the reason I say it's relative, it depends on where you are in your spiritual growth, in your spiritual development, in your spiritual walk. If you are working out your spiritual muscle, what is your spiritual muscle? Your spiritual muscle is your faith. If you are not working out that faith, if we are just coming to church every Sunday, I'm going to look like I just go to the gym once a week. But when I go to the gym once a week, I'm not picking up not an area weight. I'm not turning around getting on not nary machine. I'm just looking at everybody else. I'm not going to grow in that manner. Amen? In order to grow spiritually, 
you have to engage in a fitness program. And Paul identifies that fitness program in verses 3 through, th three through 6. When he, he starts with, he says, a man. And then he says, God knows. And in reference to himself about how he got called up in the seventh heaven, he said, not the seventh heaven, but the third heaven, he said, God knows how. God knows how to develop you spiritually. We all try to develop our own stuff. If any of us could save ourselves, we wouldn't be in here right now. If any of us wanted to grow spiritually and we could do it ourselves, we wouldn't be in here right now. We wouldn't be in Bible study. We wouldn't be in the praise band. We wouldn't be in the choir. We wouldn't be ushering. We wouldn't be doing anything. But the thing of it is, every last one of those is an opportunity for us to grow spiritually. We have a tendency to treat the line. <laughs> we have a tendency to treat God's word like the line at Luby's. And what I mean by that, you know, Luby's, those buffet cafeterias, you know, they got all of that food out there. All, you turn around, you got, get them Brussels sprouts out of here. Get that, nope, Lance don't do cornbread. Lance don't do watermelon. No. When we go to the Word of God, we turn around and we start looking at the Word of God. Uh, marriage, is un, marriage is honorable among all. The marriage bed undefiled. Fornications, fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. I don't want that. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. Not today. <laughs> In other words, when we see what the word of God says, if it doesn't fit our own agenda, we have a tendency to push it aside. If it's <clears throat> the word of God, Job told us, it, Job and, and Paul, Job told us, I desire your word more than my necessary food. Paul says, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You're only going to grow by eating the word. You're only going to grow by, your, your faith is only going to grow by, by, by getting in the word. The word is clear and it tells you that. When you eat, your, when, when you're in a physical fitness program, you're conscious about what you eat. Obviously, as y'all look at me, y'all tell you, if you put something in front of me, I'm eating it. I don't care what it is. I don't care how much fat it got in it. But when you are on a serious workout program, you're going to be mindful of the carbohydrates. You're going to be mindful of the fat. You're going to be mindful of everything that you put into your body. But yet still, when it comes to the spiritual aspect, we don't do that. We have a tendency to listen to a whole lot of things that we shouldn't be listening to. Listening to a whole lot of people that we shouldn't be listening to. And y'all are like, okay, what are you talking about? Let me say it like this here. If somebody says, well, I declare... I ain't gonna say who I'm talking about, but I'm sure y'all know, y'all have heard that before. Juxtapose, I declare next to, thus saith the Lord. I don't care what you say, I need to know what he says. If you're sitting there telling me the Lord told me or told you to tell me to give you so much money so you can buy a jet, I'm not exactly sure I wanna be sitting there because here's the thing, God sent his people out two by two and they had to walk everywhere they went. Jesus walked everywhere he went. And the thing of it is, here's, here, here's the coup de grace of this. If you are a man of God, you have to be reachable for the people. If you are not reachable for the people, what good are you to God? That goes for every last one of us. But here's the, the, one of the greatest things about being in the gym is you, there, was, there was always a personal trainer in there. Now, me, I'm in there and like, I could do this myself. I don't need anybody. I want to be shredded. I want to be cut up. I want you to look at all my muscles and everything else. But I just looked like one big muscle because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> the, the job of the personal trainer is to look at you and take what he has, 
that foundation and to build upon that. You know who your personal trainer is? The Holy Spirit. Lord told us in John 14 and 26, he will teach you all things. He didn't say something. He said he will teach you all things. But the thing of it is, when we are in the gym, and I know those of us who have been in the gym before, especially if you go back to the gym and you get in there for the first time after being in there for a while, haven't, haven't gone for a while, that soreness works in, eh? Amen? You wake up the next morning like, Lord, I ain't going, man. I can't go. The only way to combat that soreness, you got to get right back in there. But see, here's the thing about the spiritual aspect of that soreness. John 15 and 2 tells us, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, we're talking about plants and, you know, you learn a whole lot of spiritual lessons when you come to Bible study. You can learn a whole lot of spiritual lessons in gardening. And I'm going to attribute my, my dear sister Millie over here to this one. A couple of years ago in Bible study, she was talking about some roses and about pruning roses. I know nothing about gardening, nothing about pruning. However, now I got some roses in my backyard. I prune those roses. What does the pruning process look like? Cutting away all of that dead, useless material. Doesn't matter where you cut it. You can even cut the good parts. Because what happens is when the bush is pruned, it's going to grow back. But here's the thing about God. When God prunes you, God then brings the rain. When the rain comes, have you ever seen what your grass looks like or your flowers look like when God brings that rain? After God prunes you, what God is going to do, he's going to rain down blessings upon you so that your glory, the glory of God, the beauty of you can be shown through other people. That pruning process, but we all know the pruning process is horrible. None of us want to go through that. It hurts. Lord, don't do that. Lord, please. Why you got to do it? Lord, please. But here's the thing. John 1 and 22 says, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Do Work it out. Work it out. If I'm just sitting up here and I'm going, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that means absolutely nothing unless I turn around and I start putting all that into action. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. If I'm not putting that into action, that woman ain't sitting over there looking as good as she is. We have to be able to execute the word in accordance to what the Lord God has told us. Pain has its purpose. When you look at verses 7 and 10, 7 through 10, and, and y'all, forgive me, I didn't write this, but I'm going to open up my word because I want to read that back to you. Because it was just so good after, I, after you just keep reading it. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations. That's favor. By the abundance of revelations. That's favor. A thorn in the flesh was given to me. A thorn in the flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. What does Paul do in there? Paul illustrates the origin, the vehicle, and the purpose of his pain. Understand, when we are going through those storms, when my brother Terry, uh, uh, brother Terry Yates was up here preaching, and he was talking about when the storm comes, we all going to go through a storm. The, 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 the issue is how are we going to respond to that storm? Are you going to turn around and just run back inside? Or are you going to go out there, open up your umbrella called Jesus, or are you going to go out there and you're going to dance in the rain? And ask the storm, is that all you got? Is that all you're going to bring to me? Because 
Again, keep in mind, Jesus controls the storm. You remember when he was in the boat with the disciples and he said, peace be still. So whatever's going on in your life, understand, it is us orchestrated by God. He has allowed what is going on in your life to occur. And the severity of it, the gravity of it, understand when he, it, it, Satan, ha- oh, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting, let, me, let me back up here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this part was good. This part was good. When we're talking about pain, I love this right here. Chesty Miller, or Chesty Puller, excuse me, he was a Marine. He's the, the most decorated Marine. He was quoted with a saying, pain is weakness leaving our body. Now, I don't know if I agree with that, but then again, he was a Marine, and you know those guys, they eat pain for snacks. So, but when you look at this from the context of what he was saying, from a military mindset, I know we got a lot of military folk in here, and for those of you who weren't, you know, you probably were affiliated, so please forgive me if you don't get this. But from a military standpoint, there was this thing called military readiness. We always had to be ready. You always had to train, because you never knew when the battle was going to kick off. You had to be ready. For us, guess what? We always got to be ready. You never know when the battle's coming. But here's the, the interesting thing. My brother James already said, we are more than conquerors. The battle has already been won. All we have to do, all we have to do is stand still. Stand still and let God do his work. Jesus said in Luke 22, 31 and 32, and he said, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Satan has asked for you. He has asked. I got some issues going on in my life right now that I can't stand. But I also understand, therefore, my good. I also understand that it was God who ordained that. I also understand that God says, you may not like it now, but at some point down the line, you are going to understand why you had to go through all of that pain. But here's the thing. Christ said, I have prayed for you. He wasn't talking to just Peter. He was talking to us. He was talking to us as well. He said that he may sift you as we, because I pray for you that your faith fail not. Now, I know I'm talking to a lot of the brothers in here. You remember being in the gym, and maybe some of you sisters in there too, but you all seen when you're in the gym and you got that weight bar and you're in there and you're pushing that weight. You know what I'm talking about when you have muscle failure? Muscle failure, if you're in there and you're working out alone, especially if you got that heavy weight, one of three things gonna happen. You're gonna have a cavity in your chest, you're gonna need a tracheotomy, or you're gonna be missing some teeth. Because when that weight comes down, you got nobody there to help you. Nobody there to catch that weight. But, Remember that personal trainer? When you are pushing that weight, when you are pushing that weight, it's hard to walk. It's hard to hold that weight because you got so many other things going on. But when you begin to exercise that faith, The Lord told Peter, excuse me, not Peter, but Paul, my grace 
is sufficient. He didn't say was, he said is. In other words, I'm not going to release the pain in your life, but what I'm going to do is let you know that my grace is always going to be there. So all you have to do is reach down by faith and pull out some grace and understand when you are going through all of that pain, it gets hard sometimes, True Vine. It gets hard. It gets hard when you walk. It gets hard when you're trying to carry that. You have to carry your, they say carry your own cross. But when you walk and you're sitting there and you're walking like, Lord, I can't do this. Lord, help me. You're taking those steps. Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. Lord, my wife is in trouble. Lord, my family is in trouble. Lord, the job don't like me. Lord, they're talking about me at the church. Lord, I'm just trying to do all I can. Lord, help me. And that weight gets hard. And you start pushing that weight. And as you start pushing that weight, you start saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. First Peter 4, 12 through 13 says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange things happen to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. How do you rejoice in pain? How do you rejoice in pain? But if you notice, the more pain you have, and as long as you continue to keep reaching in that grace, you gain a little bit more faith. You gain a little bit more strength. And in that, what happens is you get a little bit more closer to Jesus. You get closer to Jesus. You get closer to Jesus. You get closer to Jesus. And by the time you get closer to Jesus, you're on your knees and you're thanking Jesus and you begin to praise him. Your response to the pain that you endure matters. You have a choice. You can either choose to wallow in that pain or you can choose to pray your way through that pain. It's our weakness and our faith that should drive us close to Christ. When you think about pain, I think about Christ on the cross. Now, a lot of people would sit and think, yeah, that's excruciating pain. It wasn't the pain of him being whipped all night. That wasn't it. It wasn't the pain of the nails in his hand. That wasn't it. It wasn't the pain in his feet. It was the pain of being on that cross, knowing how much he loved his creation, and his creation did not love him back. If you have ever been in love with someone, and that someone does not love you back, Remember that pain, but think about this. You're talking about one person. How many children does God Almighty have? How many of us have turned our back on God? How many of us, every time we have been in pain, said, Lord, I can't do this anymore, and they have walked away from the church? We sitting up here, we're talking about our own individual self, but I'm sorry I'm going to talk about the elephant in the room right now before I take my seat. We look at our church family, and we see all the turmoil, the chaos, and everything that has been going on. Don't let that distract you, True Vine. Don't let that distract you. That's a lie from the enemy. That's a lie from, that's a lie from hell. That is a lie from hell. We have to go through pain in order to grow. 
Pastor, I'm going to tell you right now, forget the numbers that you see right now. We're going to grow through by The Lord did not give the pastor a vision of 20,000 for us to fail now. So my brothers and sisters, as I stand here and I tell you right now, it is time for us to get busy. It is time for us to get in the gym. And it is time for us to get spiritually fit. God bless you, too. Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.